Welcome, welcome to 720 and 720. Once again, I'm John Schulman. We have a high-level guest for this first-round NCAA tournament um, that starts really later on this evening, uh, Kevin Giltner from Wofford, uh, who is now the uh, seventh seed. They kind of screwed the Southern Conference by winning the tournament, or we would probably have two teams in the Southern Conference from the NCAA tournament. Welcome, Kevin Giltner, to 720 and 720. I appreciate you guys having me on, and this is going to be a blast, and uh, we're fired up over here at Spartanburg. I'd say you're fired up. You know, I, I don't know, uh, you know, what seed, what seed, let me ask you this, what seed did you want to be? What What was the goal? To be honest, we wanted anything uh, other than an eight or nine. We thought we deserved anywhere between a five or a seven. Obviously, we would want a five, but, uh, you know, if you look at the metrics and the Ken Palm and all that jazz, I mean, it suggested that we could be a five, but... You know, getting seven is uh, is awesome. Highest seed, I think, ever in the Southern Conference. We're the highest rated team in the AP top twenty five ever. I mean, we can't complain. We're we're, we're pretty fired up, and uh, we'll play anybody anywhere. That means that means that Mike Young is a way better coach than Bob McKillop. Is that what that means? Are you saying that on this podcast, <laughs> Kevin? Are, are you saying that? Are you God, ready to make is. that statement? Uh, I mean, yeah, I, I will. I will say that because I think he's one of the best coaches in America. I really do. I really do. Bob McKillop is is certainly a heck of a coach. Um, but I'll take our guy over anybody. Well, if your guy, here's what I want to know: a couple of things. If your guy can take a white redneck from Kingston Springs that <laughs> that that never defended in his life. And and became a high level defender at Wofford, and I ain't talking about anybody but you. Uh, something's going on with your culture, and we're going to talk about that in a second. But something's going on with your culture at Wofford that started many years ago. That I guess if you don't conform, you're out. I, I guess. Tell me about that. That's exactly right. I mean, we have a sign up uh, in our our locker room and lounge area. You know, we don't become you; you become us. And I think everybody's kind of bought into that you know this past decade and uh we've had some really really good players here and we've had some deep teams john and i think that is what uh makes people so competitive man like you said you better get with it or get lost because you have three or four days or you have a bad practice you're forgot about so uh if i didn't start defending uh i'd have been somewhere else and uh, i'm glad i uh, chose to do that and got coached by some of the best and uh realized that if i don't do that this old boy right here be back in Kansas Springs faster than I could think. <laughs> yeah, well, you got a sonic off your exit, so you'd be in great shape. Uh, That's right. Yeah. Um, well, okay. So, so this these podcasts are to help whether it be young coaches or old coaches or business leaders or or players. And you just hit on something that was phenomenal because I've learned so much from these podcasts. All right, so we don't become you; you become us. Is that right. is that what y'all uh, on your, in your locker room? Yeah, you know what? We don't even talk about it. We really don't. We don't even talk about it. It's just something that has kind of developed around here. You know, like we we got some really good players here that um, we you know we as coaches had nothing to do with. They just come here and they're really good players. And you know what? They conform. They buy in whatever Coach Young says. That's it. I'm in. You know, and I think that's because he's proven himself as a coach uh, over these last ten years. And these guys just want to win a championship, and they know Coach Young knows how to do it. And um, this is a championship program, and uh, people people want a piece of that pie. You know, Fletcher McGee, Cam Jackson, our guys that are seniors, 
you know, they want to say they went to the NCAA tournament, not just because they broke all these records, you know, scoring records, three-point records, you know, what have you. They want a championship, and, and they know the best way to do that is uh, get with it or get lost. Well, it's amazing. Uh, Giltner, I don't know if you know all of my history, but I was at Wofford when Wofford was really bad. I was right. at Wofford. The first time I was at Wofford, we were Division Two, and we were really good. Yep. And then I came back to Wofford and helped those guys um, like 96, 97. And um, they were making the transition from, from D2 to D1. At that time, you were like in purgatory. You, you, you had to be in like a transitional jail for like 43 years that you That's could impossible. not play in the NCAA tournament. You couldn't do anything. And you were kind no of No league, stuck. right? You, were, you weren't even in a league. We weren't in a league. And then we got in the Southern – and then, but we still weren't able to play in the tournament in the Southern, so we were just kind of right in the middle. But but from from that moment, you're playing in Benjamin Johnson Arena on a. I mean, at one time you're playing on a tartan court. Uh, from from that to what y'all have done now to like demand and expect a seven seed to be ranked in the top twenty five in a country. You know, I I don't know. You know, Mike Young switched gears a little bit. I, I think I don't. You play with Dalman, correct? Yep, I did three years. All right. So, w- were you there before Dalman? Dalman came in a uh, year before me. So uh, he was a he was a freshman when I was a senior in high school. You know, I give Mike Young a lot of credit, and he deserves so much credit. He, he, you know, it's almost like Rick Bird a little bit. Yeah. Uh, Rick Bird, you know, everybody in the country thinks Rick Bird and Mike Young are the greatest coaches in the world, and they are phenomenal coaches. But I tell you, the best thing they've done to me is they've recruited guys that fit who they are. Oh, that's you, exactly right. You got the meanest dudes. I mean, I was a little concerned over there coaching against you that I was going to get my tail in whip. You got the <laughs> meanest, toughest, competitive dudes in the world. And so I, I want to kind of go back to recruiting because, I mean, I think personally, I think Noah Dahlman changed the whole complexion of Wofford. I think You're he, exactly right. I think he changed everything. The guy never said boo. He was a white kid, 6'6", six, six, that I don't think he ever had a dunk at Wofford. And he was the no, most No phenom- dunks and no threes. No dunks and no threes. But but he changed. But I think he changed your whole culture. And and tell me as you're looking for players, uh, what what are you looking for? Because for for whatever reason, I think your kids play with an edge to them. I don't know if they come with that edge or they get that edge there. But I think that you got some of the most competitive guys in the country. If I've heard Coach Young say it once, I've heard him say it a hundred times. If they don't bite as a pup, they ain't going to bite as a dog. And uh, no pun intended, but it's true. Like, you got to be a tough dude coming into this thing. You got to be a guy that um, is competitive as all get out. Absolutely would run over his mother to get a win. And I think that we've done a pretty good job of, uh, of doing that. You look at Fletcher McGee, he's not the most demonstrative tough dude. Like, he's not going to run you over. He's not going to, he's not like Dennis Rodman out there. But he's tough in the aspect that he lives in the gym. Doesn't matter if his feet are sore. He played 40 minutes the night before. He's got a Charlie horse. Doesn't matter if he's got a turned ankle. He's going to be in that gym at 7 a.m. the next day. You mark it down. It's 100% going to happen. So he lives in the gym, and that is a toughness that maybe people don't talk about. People think about toughness as in, you know, knocking somebody out. But this dude is mentally and physically tough because he never relaxes. And, you know, we've had the Rundles and the Digs and the Dolmans, 
and the, the Johnsons, the Martins, the list could go on and on. And to be honest, it, for me as a player, I wasn't the toughest dude ever. I came into this environment, and I learned how to be tough. You know, Brad Lowe, I give him a lot of credit. He made me a tougher dude. He was yeah. my, my roommate for four years. He made me a tougher dude, you know, and I just think that when you have a majority – if not all your guys on your team are tough, that is contagious, number one, but you've got to have that in you uh, from the jump. And so we look at that, you know, when we're out on the road. Is this kid got good body language? Is he diving on the floor for a ball at 8 a.m. on a Friday after he's played four games the day before? You know, stuff like that. I mean, that stuff's so important to us. You know, that's easy to point out, but I think at some point you got to be willing to sacrifice toughness for talent. And I think – you know, yes, we want talented guys, we want skilled guys, we want all that, but you got to be tough, man. Like Dalman, you know, Dalman, he's six four. You gave him six six. I'm not giving him six six. I'm giving him six four. Couldn't jump over a Spartanburg phone book, but dude was tough. And you know, you sacrificed the length and the athleticism for a guy that's tough. I guess when it worked out. Well, your, your toughness has taken you to. I mean, I, I came to your Citadel game. Hoover makes a three. And I promise you, he wanted to fight everybody in the gym. And I was everybody. like, that dude just made the three, and he everybody. wanted to kill everybody. And, <laughs> I mean, he's single. I mean, to me, you know, I, we've been, I've been in the situation y'all were in. I was at East Tennessee State. We were ranked top 20 in the country, and, and yep. we felt like we had to win the tournament. And, yep. and no, you all didn't have to win the tournament, but you wanted to win the tournament, and you probably put that kind of pressure on yourself. Uh, to be in that championship game and everybody's struggling a little bit, you got to have one guy that's kind of step up. And Hoover, my gracious, they stepped up and, and he made some shots. He's a tough guy. So toughness. And he's emotional. And toughness is your, is your kind of your mojo at Wofford. And, and, and so I want guys to understand and young coaches to understand you said something pretty important there. If the majority of your team is tough, everybody is going to join the majority. If the, maj- right. if the majority of your team is soft, or, or we, we've talked a couple podcasts ago about cancer, if you've got too many cancers on your team, everybody's going to go to them. And then, and then if you've got three cancers, you're like, well, you've got 15 guys. That's okay. No, each cancer, just like Spread. the real cancer, spreads. Oh, yeah. And, and each one of those guys is going to take – two guys with them or three guys with them and then all of a sudden you got nine guys who who got the cancer and you got six guys doing it the majority of your team if the majority of your team is tough then all of a sudden that's what you became right because you weren't Absolutely. the toughest dude in the world no no not at all not at all you know it was a skilled lanky skinny white suburban jump shooter and like you said i better get with it or get lost and i i, I just that stuff just eroded to me you know over my career where I got to start defending. I got to start, you know, I'm going to live in the gym. I'm going to, I'm going to work on my game. I'm going to, you know, physically, I'm not going to be battered. I'm going to be ready to roll. And, and that stuff, I know that stuff has happened to everybody in our team. Like you said, since probably those dominant days, I know people laid the foundation before that, the Drew Gibsons, the Howard Wilkerson's, those types, but it's, it's, uh, it's crazy how that works. You know, it really is contagious, but at the end of the day, you've got to have a little bit of that in you before you get here. You've got to, you know, or else, you're going to come here and you're like, ooh, you know, I don't really, I don't really like all this. You know, I don't really like how tough these dudes are, man. I, they're demanding a lot of me, and I'm physically sore, and mentally I'm drained. I don't really like this. So you got to have a little bit of that in you from the jump, and uh, I think we've done a good job of, of finding that. Well, okay, talk to us about. Uh, and you said something. I'll, I'll go to that first. You said not battered physically. 
tell me how you stay to help help young guys, help young players right now. How do you stay not battered physically during a grueling season? What do you need to do to become a better player, and and so you're not kind of beat up all the time? Well, I think Coach Young's done a great job of this um, as he's as he's as he's come along these past ten years, and I've been with him the past ten years, so I've seen some of the changes. But he's he's learning that you can have a great practice in an hour, hour and a half, as long as you're getting after it, you know? And so we're not going three hours right now. Obviously nobody in America is doing that. So that's nothing genius. Right. But there are guys do a lot of skill development on their own. Uh, we get after it in practice in short bursts, but then after our guys do a great job of recovery, you know, and all the technology nowadays with the Norma tech boots, the ice baths, um, you know, the massages, all that stuff. And our guys have done a great job. And I think Fletcher McGee deserves all this credit. I really do, because this is contagious, too. He treats his body, uh, and he acts like a pro. You know, whether that's recovery, whether that's rehab, whether that's um, hydration, whether that's sleep, all that stuff is so important nowadays, and especially with what we're demanding of them physically. You've got to do that just as much as you do work on your game. You know, you can't work on your game for three hours a day and then not work on your recovery, too. You can't work on your game for two hours uh, after a practice when, or after a game when you've, you struggled and then not take an ice bath. And, and those guys have really bought into that, and they see Fletcher and the success that he's had. And he, this dude does it better than anybody I've ever seen. He really does. He's always got the Norma Tech boots on. He's always icing. He's always stretching. He's got all these little contraptions and stuff. <laughs> and that, and that, bleeds, that bleeds to our program. It really does. So, you know. That's that's something not but no one wants to go stretch for thirty minutes, right, John? No one wants to say I'm gonna go down the gym and I'm gonna stretch. <laughs> Who does that? No, you know, but that's 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 part of that's part of being a pro, and they they treat themselves like uh, the pros. Well, I just watched um, Paul George talk about how his diet, yes, how he changed his diet, and after two weeks of changing his diet, he felt so different. He started sleeping better. He gets to sleep earlier, and it's really changed his entire game. And and young guys don't understand that. Young guys are on the phone. Young guys are playing Fortnite. Young guys are screwing around. But oh, yeah. but all it takes is one guy. And and yep. it sounds like McGee was that guy for you. Yeah, he, he and, and he does a good job of balancing, having fun too. You know, like he's going to go have fun on a on a weeknight with the guys and enjoy it. And he's not some sort of robot. But I think that makes him more relatable. You know, well, if, if this guy can do it, then I can do it. Type of deal. So. Uh, you're exactly right. So Take he's getting body. so he's getting sleep. He's doing all the stuff. He's eating oh, right. Does your team eat right? Do y'all eat right on the road? Do y'all eat right? One of the best thing that Coach Young has ever done in his coaching career was fight for a strength and conditioning coach for our program only. We got it this year for the first time. He travels with us. He does. He does our travel. He does everything. He does our meals. Every meal that our team eats, he does. Um, he does all of our lists, and it's just for us. He's not a guy that does football and baseball and golf and tennis and track. And he's just us. He's with our program. He's on our staff. He's in our offices. And that has been unbelievable for our – I mean, our guys would lose 10, 15, 20 pounds during the season. Now our guys are maybe even gaining weight, you know, and we're lifting in hotels. You know, we're doing four or five lifts a week. Now, they're not long lifts, but some of them are recovery lifts, injury prevention. And lo and behold, knock on wood, we're, we're in a pretty good spot there body-wise. And uh, we do eat well. Um, so I think all that stuff plays a part in us being where we're at right now. I really do. And I think that, you know, X's and O's, those are very, very important, but I think he 
as a strength and conditioning coach, may, maybe the most important piece that we've added to this program in, in the history of the program, to be honest with you. Um, that's a high-level statement because I know, I know y'all's history. All right, let me go to a couple different things. McGee, yeah. you said McGee kind of works out on his own and he's tough because he he's in the gym. How often, you know, try to help young players here. How <laughs> often is he in the gym uh, during the season, off-season? What's his routine? I mean, this guy, and then I'm going to talk to you about the rest of the guys because some of the shots he shoots, oh, my God, it – it turned my hair gray, and I don't yep. even coach him. All right, right, but but let's start with let's start with what is his routine? What's his because you're talking about if he does what he's supposed to do on Thursday, what well, later on tonight, I guess if he does what he's supposed to do, he'll be the greatest three point shooter in the history of the NCAA. Correct. That's right. That's right. Okay, so how did he get this unbelievable athlete from Florida, <laughs> Fletcher McGee? How did he become that? It's unbelievable how much he's in the gym. Like, we literally have to have meetings with him sometimes to say, hey, dude, stop. Like, get out of the gym. He's in there that much every single morning, every day after practice. And he does it smart. Now, he's not in there shooting 500 shots on the gun. He doesn't even he doesn't even use the gun, you know, the shoot-away machine. He doesn't, he's, he's doing 30 to 45 minutes of game shots on the move, running full speed, stopping on a dime, turning and shooting. So those shots you see him take and make are shots that he's done thousands of times, yeah. thousands of times. He doesn't shoot spot-up threes. You know why? Because he never gets a spot-up three. When's the last time he just walked into a three? That doesn't happen. Nope. So everything he does is how can I beat my defender to that spot, rise up over him and shoot, whether it's off the dribble, whether it's off of a screen, which obviously we do a lot of pinaways and screen downs and stuff. But – it's to the point where it's uh, it's obsessive. It's obsessive, and uh, you know it's work for him. And I mean, he does stuff, John. Like he'll run sprints for ten minutes after practice. And we're like, "What are you doing?" He's like, "I got to get super tired here because I'm about to get some shots up." Well, why would you do that? Because I'm always dead dog tired in a game. You know what I'm saying? So he's he's running full length suicides, getting dead dog tired where he can barely breathe, and then he's shooting these shots off the move. Like he is so. He's so he's he's beyond, and, he, and then he shoots his free throw. He works on his free throws with no legs. We're like, dude, use your legs. Of course, we don't tell him anything anymore, right? He's the best free throw <laughs> shooter maybe in the country. Yeah. Use your legs. Use your legs. He's like, no, why would I use my legs? Sometimes I'm tired. Sometimes I'm fresh. My free throw is going to be all. So he's thinking these things that no one really thinks about, and we don't coach him. I promise you that everything that he's done. It's, it's, it's self-made. Well, but I, nope. I go back to, as for college coaches here, I go back to Mike Young is a great coach yes. because he knows, because he does his due diligence on the yes. front end. I yes. mean, nobody would have recruited Noah Dahlman. Are you kidding me? Right. Uh, and, yeah. and, and he changed the whole program. No offense to Drew Gibson and all those guys. But, no, I mean, you're exactly right. I, they we, know that. We beat Drew Gibson a few times. Uh, no, no, no. Noah Dahlman was a little harder for us to beat. Um, uh, but but if you get guys, and that's the hardest thing in recruiting and the hardest thing in coaching, I think, is trying to find out what's underneath that left pec muscle is, is what kind of heart those guys got and what type of work ethic those guys got. And, and you know, we, we, we did a podcast with Charlton Young at Florida State, and he said very simple, the three things that they look for in a player. I know they look for length at Florida State, and you got to be seven foot two. But but here's the three things: uh, championship character, all right, being high energy, and yep. being a gym rat. 
Yep. So, 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 give me Fletcher McGee. Has he got championship character? Oh gosh, yeah. I mean, and is he's, he he's is he high energy? Oh yeah, all the time. And is he a gym rat? Yeah, he lives in there. He's more than a gym rat. He's Charles Young is exactly right. I mean, those things will win you a lot of games. And and so I and so now all of a sudden you got one guy and and you know as coaches if your best player is your hardest worker then you're in you're in great shape and it oh, sounds like in, your best player is your hardest worker correct yeah uh, no doubt and it, ain't no doubt about it and we've got a bunch of dudes that work extremely extremely hard and Fletcher McGee's the hardest he is it no question about it all right all right Mike Young and and this is this is an old thing from Bobby Knight. Bobby Knight said, listen, this is – let's say we take six, 60 shots in a game and we got five players. Everybody doesn't get 12 shots. This, isn't a, this, is, a, this is not a democracy. Uh, right. The, the best shooters take all the shots. Tell me, tell me, and I would say a bunch of high school coaches struggle with this too. Um, you've got one guy. I mean, Fletcher McGee takes shots that are unbelievable. Yep. And and I see Cam Jackson, I see the rest of those guys, and there's no jealousy, there's no, come None. on, man, move the ball. How did you get to that point? Because I knew at one time that you, you had to come to a breaking point going, uh-uh, this yep. is how this is going to work. How did you get to that point? Well, I mean, I, I think the first off, they see him working on it and they see him make it, and guess what? They try to guard that in practice, and he still hits it. So they start to understand real quick, okay, this dude's the real deal. You know, like they, they've gotten burnt on all his, you know, sprint away threes so many times in practice and seeing it go in and seeing him working his tail off after practice. But it got to the point where no one even says anything to him. No one does. Uh, I think they realize, you know, they do individual workouts with him. They realize who this guy is. But you're right. It, it comes to this point where, hey, we're going to throw the ball into this guy right here, Cam Jackson, and we're going to get shots for this guy right here, Fletcher McGee. That's what we're doing. If you don't like it, then come up to my office and we'll chat about it. Not one guy's came up to the office to talk about it. But those guys are so such good guys. You know, it's not like they're out there like, give me the ball. Uh, I should have shot that. That has not happened one time on this team all year long. And they're great guys and they work hard, so no one says anything to them. Now, if they were jerks, bad teammates, and 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 took, you know, well, I guess you could say Fletcher takes some bad shots, but he also makes them, so they're good shots. But you know, they, they, they don't take ridiculous shots to where you're like, come on, man. Like, Fletcher's going to make the extra pass. Cameron's going to kick it out if he gets doubled. You know, things like that. So, high-character dudes that that, uh, that are unselfish, but they also know you should be taking that shot, right? You got it, Fletcher. You got to take that shot, and uh, he's certainly not afraid of it. So, that's never really gotten to be a problem because Coach Young lays it out pretty clearly. <laughs> I, I, bet, I bet he does. No, uh, no, I just think young coach. I think coaches that are listening to this – you, you got a program, Wofford. Now, how many students y'all have now at Wofford? 1,650, probably. Golly, y'all are, I mean, you know. I mean, 1,650. Yep. 1,650, and you're competing against programs and, and universities that got 30,000 students. And, right. and so what you all have found a niche. So I'm just telling young coaches and older coaches and different programs, you know, toughness. You know, it, it, toughness matters and, and work ethic matters. And, and when it comes down, because I'll tell you about toughness, um, everybody's good in November. Yep. Uh, but yeah, when, when, it, when it gets to be late February or middle February, the dog days hit you. Um, oh, boy. The tough, tough guys prevail. And, and the guys who ain't tough 
are thinking about spring break because they're exhausted. And and people make fun, people say, "Hey, no way that teams playing in the NCAA, I mean, playing in like conference tournaments are thinking about spring break instead." I think absolutely half absolutely. the teams. Do you agree or disagree? Thousand percent agree. Thousand and even if they're not thinking it outright, hey man, I'm ready for this thing to be over. At the other end of it, they wouldn't be upset if it ended. No, absolutely you know not. Saying? You know, they wouldn't be upset if it ended. So am I going to, you know, if that's creeping in your brain, uh, you know what? If this thing ended, I'm good. Yeah, that, Then you're not going to win. You know that. You're not going to win. But if you're like, if this thing ends, my life is ruined. I've got to win this game. I'm giving it. You know, you're going you're gonna, to you're gonna have a couple more wins in that, in that late stretch in those dog days. So. You're exactly right. hundred percent agree with you. Uh, Loyola, Loyola uh, last year made that run, and and I know you got to get lucky some, and they make that run. They got like eight state champions on their team, seven or eight state champions on their team, and yep. and and you look at that, and I know you know you're signing guys early, uh, but like you know, and you got a Zach Irvin. Zach Irvin's a winner, man. I mean, and, and he's getting ready to come to you. I mean, I know they, they won a state championship his junior year, and I'm assuming you can talk about him because you've already signed him, correct? Yeah, yeah we can talk about him. All right, but I'm just going to you you get champions. Yes. It's weird. That's you, you get champions. They become champions in college because yep. champions are you champions like crawling, cl- climbing up on that ladder and cutting down those nets. And it's no contagious. Boy. And yes. winning a ring is contagious. So if you can get if you can get champions in high school, most of those champions in high school become champions in college, no, or, they, or they change I mean, the character of it. it. It's gotten even down to the point where some of our walk-ons, you know, have won state champions. It's state championships. It's that is that is a huge deal. That is a huge deal. The guys who win, guys who um, are coached, you know, guys who are used to being successful and, and expect to be successful, not guys who were on a seven and twenty three team but they scored twenty five points a game. That doesn't that doesn't really work out, right? You got, you got guys that maybe average fourteen fifteen a game on a team, but man, they go a deep run every single year and. You're exactly right. We 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 have a we have a, a strong um, you know we we look for those guys. We look for guys who won championships because, like you said, that translates. It really does. Well, we we did we did a podcast with Dane Bradshaw. You remember Dane, right? Oh yeah. So Dane Bradshaw was Gatorade Player of the Year. Won three state championships at White Station, highest level, highest division in, in Tennessee. Gatorade Player of the Year, recruited by everybody in the in in the world. And uh, Dane averaged nine point four points a game. Averaged nine points a game, and and by the end of his career at Tennessee, he was he was getting close to championship level again at the highest level. And, and so I mean, he helped Bruce Pearl turn that thing around at Tennessee. Uh, and so you don't have you you know to me, you show me a guy that's and I know there's rare occasions, but you show me a guy averaging thirty and their team is two and twenty eight, uh, I'll show you a loser. And and yeah, absolutely, he he may you know. But I'll, I'll just tell you this, and I don't know why this thing came to mind. I went and watched uh, Dorman High School. You know where that is, kind of correct? Yeah, yeah. I watched yeah. Dorman High School play Malden High School in in like nineteen ninety something um, for the Upper State Championship, and Malden High School had no players, zero players. 
They were horrible, except they had a real tall guy named KG, a guy named Kevin Garnett. And they come running out on the court, and I was like, you have got to be kidding me. They're playing for a state championship? Garnett had such a will about him, even at that age, at 17 years old, because that was his junior year, that he willed those other guys to be successful. And and they're getting beat. They got beat in the upper state championship game. But you knew KG was going to be special because of how hard he played, and he was an unbelievable leader. I think y'all have kind of bottled some success down there and a a solution and a a way to win at Wofford. Correct? Absolutely. That stuff is so important. You've got to be expecting to win. You've got to be somebody who's done that before. Um, and, and just like the conversation we had earlier, you've got to have a majority of guys who've done it. You know, if the majority of guys have done it, that stuff bleeds throughout your entire program for sure. All right. Now, listen, we got three minutes. So I want to know if, if, if I've got – if I've got an identity to, to I want to, I want Wofford. You've got one or two or three things. Why Wofford is a championship level program now when it used to be just okay. And now right. y'all a championship level program every single year. What makes, give me two or three things that makes Wofford a championship level program that you can help young coaches try to incorporate in their program. Well, the very first thing that comes to mind is. We are a great practice team, John, a great practice team. We don't have to coach effort. We don't have to say, come on, man, this is this drill right here is so important. Or, hey, man, let's go. You know, this is this this practice right here, we need a good practice here, you know. This team practices so well, and I think that we've taken a step. Last year, we practiced pretty good. We practiced pretty good. Now, we're returning almost everybody. We lost a couple good addition, or guys, but – this team practices so well, and it's because it's competitive. We got a deep team. Um, we got guys that good. We got good players that don't even get in drills sometimes. And, and when they hop in that drill, boy, they're going hard. And I think that is such a good, you know, identity for a team. Is like, man, this team's going to bring it every day. So we don't have to coach that stuff. We don't have to coach effort. We don't have to coach focus. We don't have to say, hey, man, let's lock in on this film, or hey, man, we got to have a good lift here. This team just brings it, and that comes to our internal leadership. And everybody knows you got to have good leaders, you got to have good culture, yada yada yada. But when it comes down to it, you got to practice well. And, and this team has done that. I'd say, you know, out of the hundred whatever practice we've had, you know, ninety percent have been really, really, really good. So uh, that certainly helps. Uh, I think we're a very deep team. That helps, and that comes to recruiting and that sort of stuff. But take basketball away from it, and the character of our guys. We don't have to deal with crap. We have no crap. We have no, hey, man, like, why were you out, you know, doing this, that, and the other at night? Or, hey, man, you know, why is your – why? I don't have to call guys up to the office and say, hey, man, why do you got a pouty face? Why are you worried about playing time? Why are you worried about that, – none of that happens. We literally coach basketball. <laughs> we don't have to walk them to class. We don't have to, um, you know, make sure they're turning in that paper that they missed because they went on a Thursday, Saturday swing at SoCon uh, on the road. We don't have to do with any of that. So when all you have to focus on is basketball and, and working on your team, and then when they come down, you know they're going to go hard. Oh, man. It's, I mean, I pinch myself sometimes. I really do. But that comes back to Coach Young and, and having a, a, a culture and a program that expects to be that way. And I think that's going to bleed over for the next couple of years, and hopefully the guys we bring in are, are going to be the same way. But um, those two qualities, I think they practice well, and there's no extra bull crap. There's none. There's none. You know, it's just – it's a beautiful thing, and, you know, we can sit here and talk about our culture. We can sit here and talk about 
how good of players we got, how well we coached we are. Everybody knows that type of stuff, right? Everybody knows you got to have a, a well-coached team. Everybody knows you got to have a good culture and all that stuff. But if you practice well and you eliminate all the distractions, eliminate distractions, practice well, you're, you're probably going to be pretty good. Well, the, in, in college, you know, in college, I'm just going to tell you, and I want everybody needs to hear this statement. It's easy in college to uh, to to eliminate your problems. And you say, "Well, no way." I mean, kids these days. No, we as college coaches, you bring all that mess on yourself. You yep. know, if red flag after red flag is popping up uh, in in high school, uh, and he's played on at four different high schools and seventeen different AAU teams, and he's got two different color shoes on, and he's got this on, and he and he's sulking during the AAU game. Don't think that ain't gonna happen in college. Yeah, you ain't changing that. You so ain't changing that. Don't recruit him. As Charlton Young said, consistent behavior, coach. Consistent behavior. He's not exactly going to change. Right. And so nope. don't 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 worry about that. So don't recruit that guy. Go recruit the guy <clears throat> that that Huggins recruited the Carter kid because he was pressing by himself at eight o'clock in the morning yes. in an AAU game. Go recruit that guy. In high school, it's a little bit more difficult because you got what you got, but you don't have to keep. The talented jerk on your team, because a talented jerk on your team is going to take because it's a high school situation. He's going to take all the other dudes with him uh, because he's how not going to practice hard. Well, I'm sorry. How important? Are fa- how important are families? Oh, I I, those, I I think it's vital. It's vital. Those those family members. You better believe that college coaches recruit family members just as you know. We get to know those guys just as just as well as we do the kid because what is he hearing? If he if he's if he plays ten minutes in a game and we win, is he hearing that's a great win, man? That's a huge road win. Great job, you know. Or is he hearing why in the world didn't coach play you more? I think that stuff's important. That stuff's so important. What 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 are what are the what are the family members like? What are the what are the big people in their life like? Yeah, and and we we, we do a, a a lot with that as well. I think that's that's so important. What are those guys hearing because whether we like it or not, they're they're with those people for eighteen years and they're molded by those people. So. Um, that's a big deal to keep an eye on, too. Young coaches out there, watch Wofford later on this evening whip up on Seton Hall. I think it's a tough matchup because they they're, they got tough guys, too. You know, yep. and, and they got tough guys, and you got tough guys, and, and the winner's going to play Kentucky. But it's time. I think um, the Southern Conference is time for you to go on a little run here. Uh, Kevin Giltner and and make some money for the Southern Conference, so y'all have some some extra money to spend later on. Uh, you, you'll get two parts of it. Everybody else gets w- one part. Uh, but good luck, good luck tonight. We make me a deal though. When you become a head coach, and you'll be a head coach, that you stay with this same philosophy that that y'all started at Wofford. That you don't take shortcuts because that's the problem. People take shortcuts, and that's where people get in a jam. Yeah, there's no quick fixes, and uh, I will promise you that. I think there's no other way to do it. Uh, a lot easier said than done, right? A lot easier said than done, but uh, I feel so incredibly lucky to work for a guy that has taught me that that's really the only way to do it. Well, he's a sophisticated guy. People don't know that, but Mike Young is a, a redneck from Radford, Virginia, and and now he's sophisticated. His wife, they go. Don't to, let him fool you there. Don't they go to junior league. You know better than that. They go to junior league. I mean, they are high society in Spartanburg, and, and so. But <laughs> Man, people, that's more Margaret than Coach Young. You know that absolutely. She's a she's a Southern lady. She's a Southern belle, and he's a redneck from Radford, Virginia, and I love it. Hey, y'all, go kick tail. Thanks for your time. Thanks for teaching us a little bit about the game and about life. 
I appreciate it, man. Thanks, Coach. All right, buddy. Take care.